Mrs. Franklin D. Roosevelt cordially invites you to take tea with her today in the Park Sheraton Hotel's Colonial Room in New York. Today's discussion will deal with American recognition of Spain. Secretary of State Dean Acheson has asked Assistant Secretary Mr. John D. Hickerson to explain the official position taken by our government. The other guests who will enter into the conversation and discussion will be Senator Owen Brewster, Republican of Maine, Congressman Eugene Keogh, Democrat of Brooklyn, James E. Carey, Executive Secretary of the Congress of Industrial Organizations, and James A. Wexler, Editor of the New York Post. And now, here is Mrs. Roosevelt. I'm very glad to welcome all my guests here today, particularly those next to me, the Assistant Secretary of State, Mr. Hickson. And then I'll ask you, Mr. Secretary, to say what you want to say on the position of the State Department. Well, first of all, Mrs. Roosevelt, I note that Mr. Grower said American recognition of Spain. Now, this is not a problem of recognition, as it has uh, frequently been portrayed. The 1946 United Nations Resolution on Spain did not call for a break in diplomatic relations. And there's been no break in diplomatic relations. The United States government recognized the government of Spain in 1939, as I think did a majority of the members of the United Nations. And there's been no break in our recognition of Spain. In 1946, as you know, the United Nations General Assembly passed a resolution calling not for a break in diplomatic relations, but only for the withdrawal from Madrid of ambassadors and ministers, leaving foreign diplomatic uh, embassies and legations in Madrid to function under subordinate officials. Now, the United Nations took this action uh, as a gesture. It was intended as a gesture of disapproval of the Spanish government. And it was intended as an attempt to bring about a change in the Spanish government. Now, the United States government, entirely aside from uh, its views concerning the present regime in Spain, has long questioned the wisdom and efficacy of the action recommended in that 1946 resolution. It's now clear that this action has not only failed in its intended purpose, but it served to strengthen the position of the present government in Spain. Now, in our view, the withdrawal of ambassadors from Spain as a means of political pressure was a mistake. It was a mistaken departure from established international practice. Sending an ambassador to a country does not and should not signify any judgment on the policy of that country. The present anomalous situation as regards Spain, therefore, has uh, caused a considerable amount of public bewilderment over the inconsistency of accrediting ambassadors to countries like uh, those countries in Eastern Europe, behind the Iron Curtain, where we clearly do not condone the policies of those governments, while at the same time refusing to appoint an ambassador to Spain. That I understand, of course. Uh, in the light of that situation, it's the opinion of the U.S. government that this anomalous situation should be resolved. The U.S. is therefore prepared to vote in the General Assembly for a resolution 
which would leave each member free to send an ambassador or minister to Spain or not to send one, as they saw fit to do. But we will not do that till the vote has been taken no. in the Assembly. Since the support and strengthening of the United Nations is a fundamental principle of our foreign policy, we are continuing to adhere to the 1946 resolution so long as it remains on the books. But as I said, we are prepared to vote for a resolution to leave each country in a position free to decide for itself. Now let me say something else on that. Uh, that doesn't indicate any change in our position as regards Spain. Our vote in the General Assembly uh, to change the resolution would in no sense signify or imply approval of the present regime in Spain. It would merely indicate our desire in the interest of orderly international relations to return to the normal practice of exchanging diplomatic representation. I understand. Thank you very much for that statement. Now I think we have other people here that I would like to go over and greet and to hear them. Congressman Theo, so glad to see you. Mr. Wexler, Senator, I'm very glad to see you, Senator Brewster, and Mr. Carey. It's very nice to have you here, and I'm very happy that you could come today. Now, since this is a discussion on the question, we want to bring to the public all possible points of view. And so I am going to ask you, Senator, if you will express your point of view first and then just carry on a discussion and speak as you wish to speak. Well, Ms. Roosevelt, I can say that I am one of those who has long felt that our policy had been a mistake and uh, those of us who felt that are profoundly gratified that the State Department now this past month has recognized that and has declared its readiness to restore the ambassadors at Madrid. Uh, I feel, have always felt that, uh, first, because of our own self-respect in following out what Mr. Hickerson has said was our traditional policy of not being primarily concerned with the character of the governments or the domestic internal <coughs> affairs. But there's a very strong reason, second, why I feel this should be done, and that is because of the very great significance of the Spanish Peninsula uh, in the situation. As you know, before the present government came in, there was a government closely allied with Moscow, and they had taken some $500 million in gold from Spain to Madrid, Moscow and some to Mexico. That government in exile is still functioning, and the only alternative to the present regime might be very likely the installation of this other, which I think would be extremely unfortunate from our standpoint because our access to the Mediterranean, as we indicated in the case of Greece, and to the European continent uh, might be very greatly prejudiced if Spain should fall in unfriendly hands. So I feel both our self-respect and our self-interest argue very persuasively for normalizing relations with Spain, as I like to term it. Senator Brewster, we're talking now about Franco-Spain. Uh, Franco-Spain represents well, the, last, about Spain. the last remaining uh, creature of the Axis. Now, he came into power as a result of the activity of Hitler and Mussolini. Their aid made it possible for Franco to suppress the standards of the people of Spain. Now, Mr. Carey, if you were in a civil war, 
you would undoubtedly accept assistance from any quarter that you could to restore the peace and order of a great country. Well, I'm speaking That's now... That that well, Congressman, did. can I say that I'm speaking in direct response to Senator Brewster's remark that we gain our self-respect by recognizing and dealing with, and aiding, in fact, a creature of the Axis. Well, Congressman, now, could I just add on this point that General Franco's relationship with Hitler took, existed long after the Civil War ended. As late as 1941, he was declaring... What joy to see the German bombers one day punishing the insolence of the skyscrapers of New York. Well, General Franco has begun to speak gently to us since Hitler's death. Mr. Wexler, are you not going off the point? The point of our discussion today is whether the United States should resume and immediately resume full and normal diplomatic relations with the country. That's the sole question for us to decide. Well, fascism, we must well. determine first whether to do that is in the best interest of the United States. I agree. And that, on that, I am perfectly willing, as Senator Booster is, to take refuge in the reasoned, seasoned, experienced view of our great State Department and the great Secretary of State. Congressman, you don't always defend the actions of the State Department, do you? <laughs> I reserve the right to uh, take a position with respect to the action of any administrative agency, but that still is far afield. Well, today we have a commitment in the United Nations. That commitment is being carried out by our government. I hope our government continues to carry out its commitment. And I might say this, that we offend the dignity of the people of Spain by suggesting, as may the I senator did, this, may I first finish well, this? The senator suggested that the government in exile is a communist uh, friend. And let me say this, that the people I meet in exile in Spain are the labor leaders of the Christian trade unions and the Catholic trade unions of Spain that are not permitted in Spain. Well, senator, well, the communists are actually excluded from the coalition well, outside. In view of the fact that we have an ambassador at Moscow, it's a little difficult for me to see why we cannot have an ambassador at uh, Madrid. That's the only point senator, on which I... On that point, may I, may I say this? The action taken by the United Nations was a symbolic action, as Mr. Hickerson Would stated. Would you agree that it was under the leadership of the communist powers proposed by Poland, and six out of the 15 votes in there like were by the communists? opposition to fascism in Spain is the exclusive property of the communist regimes of Eastern Europe. I wish that I could say that if the opposition to the communist government in, the, in Moscow was the exclusive prerogative of America. Well, sir, I don't think that Moscow's under any delusions. Mr. Wexler, may I ask you, shall we not return to the question as to whether it is in the best interest of the United States to resume immediately normal diplomatic relations with a friendly Western power? Precisely. I think that is the well, only now, criterion. Now, if you, if you stay on... When you say immediately, well, then, do you mean before the United Nations withdraws its resolution? Mr. Carey, the, United, the action of the United Nations is not binding upon this government. The United States abstained from voting on the resolution in 1949. That's not carrying out its, its leadership. And uh, in 1947, the United Nations refused to reaffirm the now, 1946 I, I think that the State Department wants to say a word on that. Well, now, Mr. Congressman, I tried to make it clear that such support of the United Nations and strengthening of the United Nations is a fundamental principle of our foreign policy. 
We intend to adhere to that resolution, sir, so long as it stays on the books. Well, Mr. We well, uh, want I... to vote for the alteration of the resolution. Mr. Leave Mr. each country free to act according uh, to its own judgment. Well, but we Sec do not wish Mr. to disregard Mr. that resolution. Mr. Secretary, uh, we've been very gratified that this last month the State Department has, frankly and generously, admitted its mistake in the last three years. Or to those who contended for three years it was a mistake, and perhaps take a little more prompt action, particularly as you abstained last uh, year in the vote, and 20 of the 26 nations have already restored their ambassadors at Madrid. You've noticed in this morning's New York Times that Colombia has accredited an ambassador to Madrid. Well, let's get down to the real meat of this. Uh, of course, the question of whether or not there's an ambassador in Spain uh, is not uh, the important thing. It's what it'll lead to. Now, on Congressman, I ask you a direct question. Are you in favor of financial aid to Franco-Spain? That is not before us, no, Mr. But, Carey. Isn't this a step in that direction? I have no knowledge well, of what right, I will Now, wait a minute. I want to hear each one separately. <laughs> now, I'll tell you that I feel. of the Congressman, and then we'll come to the Senator. Mr. Carey, you ask me a direct question. Permit me to ask you one. When you judge from the internal conditions in any country what our policy, foreign policy towards that country should be, are you not flying in the face of what Mr. Hickerson has said is the traditional position of our government? Certainly not. You're not? The I'd traditional like policy that. of our government is to help people reestablish their own institutions of self-government. That's what we're doing that we're going to stay close to the peoples of the world. We're not going to support a Franco regime. We're going to help the people of Spain. Now, why should we offend their dignity by recognizing a government that was imposed upon them through outside powers like Hitler and Mussolini? Now, Senator. Well, it seems to me that uh, our position is very clear on this financial aid. I, frankly, would like to have the opinion of a seasoned ambassador that we would send there who would be able to contact not only the chief of state but the conditions in the country and report. And I would have be a great deal of respect for his advice. When Mr. Atchison, the secretary, said that it was of no importance that we have ambassadors, as he did a year ago, I could not but wonder why we supported ambassadors all over the world if they were of no consequence. And ambassadors are very important individual. And I would like to have his views about financial aid and other things in Spain. Well, Senator, Senator, we're in... there a fatal contradiction in the State Department position? We're being told by Mr. Hickerson that a gesture against the Franco regime failed, yes. and therefore we should abandon it. And yet the Franco regime has been engaged in a large-scale propaganda drive, as all of us know, to reverse the decision of the United Nations. The only conclusion one can draw is that Franco is in a conspiracy to undermine himself. I don't see any other justification for the position we're now taking. If this policy was a failure, then General Franco ought to be its warmest supporter. If the policy is not a failure, then it seems to me we ought to continue it. And on the question of loans, which well, Congressman I would, I would reply to you that if that is correct, then uh, you should continue the policy that the State Department now advocates as the best way of getting rid of General Franco. No, sir. I'm sorry you, you misunderstood me. I say that General Franco's agents in America and elsewhere are, have tried and succeeded in getting us to reverse our position and the United Nations well, position. Well, I think the suggestion that the American State Department or Mrs. Roosevelt or any others who now view our change of policy as wise 
our influence by foreign agents is utterly unwarranted Senator, and unfair. Senator, there was no such suggestion, and I'm glad to see that you're very charitable about the Roosevelt family on this occasion. I'm, I'm just uh, anxious to say that I am a moderator. I am not allowed to state my opinion. I am arguing the logic of the State Department's position. Well, I would like... Senator, can you help me? Because yes. all of labor, the American Federation of Labor, the CIO, the Railroad Brotherhoods, the labor unions of Spain, of France, and yes. all the other countries are opposed to any appeasement wow. to totalitarianism. Wow. I know. Now tell me, why should we at this time appease totalitarianism? Wow. I, I'd like to answer, Mr. Carey. Uh, I know your position. You feel very strongly about the question of civil rights in Spain. Now, I think the CIO is to be cordially commended for excluding, although very late, some of the communist front organizations you found within your own ranks. There are a very great many Americans who believe that even in our own country, there is a very great limitation of civil rights in many areas, that even after 18 years of a democratic administration, we haven't solved this problem of civil rights within our country. Therefore, why we should expect to solve the problem of civil rights in Spain or other countries is, I think, Unwise and unwise. Senator, you'll agree with me, under that democratic administration, our trend is in the right direction. We're moving. Well, uh, and you even said the CIO today is better than it was yesterday. But, but why it should it take... took you a long while to All recognize right. the communists in the government in your own ranks that you're just expelling after five long years. Well, that's that's correct. Start. And we're not going to substitute fascism for communism. Now, I think there's uh, no danger. Senator, I'm not a fascist. why do we now move to be so good to Franco? I would... I think... Uh, just please tell the workers of this and every other country why you're going to offend them and cause them to oppose an American foreign policy. The CIO, the AFL, all the workers of this country and of other countries will lose their confidence in the United States. Because I do not believe that Franco or Spain is one thousandth percent of the menace to America that Moscow and Stalin is, oh, and you have an ambassador Senator, at Moscow. Just Do you disagree with that? Senator, I say to you that the attitude of the people of South America, that will result from a recognition of Franco-Spain and any assistance well, we give them would endanger our country and its security right close to our shores. Well, Mr. Carey, do you realize that all but four of those South American countries have ambassadors at Madrid I, today? I think we must allow uh, the Congress. Mr. Carey, do you realize that in over 20 nations of this world where we have accredited chiefs of mission, there is no free labor movement? We have not made that. I'm not excuse the one who suggested that me. having an ambassador in a not, country is going me. to do the good. We have never made that the test as to whether we shall pursue normal diplomatic relations with a government. Mr. Hickerson pointed out. I'm not opposed to a continuation of the present situation. I don't think sending an ambassador to Madrid is particularly important, but I'm afraid behind what you're suggesting in sending an ambassador to Madrid is to have, say, Spain become part of the Marshall Plan, to give some American economic aid yeah. to Spain. Now, let's get down to the meat of it. Well, then, Mr. The, Mr. Carey, the recognition question is not before us at the moment, am is I it? Taking, am I to take it from your statement that you concede that an ambassador should be sent to Spain? No, sir. I'm opposed to sending an ambassador because I fear you and Senator Brewster and others have in mind... And the State that Department. Being, yes, sir. If the State <laughs> Department has in mind... If the State Department or the President has in mind, which I don't think he has, an appeasement of Franco-Spain, 
sending them economic assistance. And if they are sucked into this by the propaganda work of Franco's agents and some misguided senators and congressmen, that this is the first step. I think I get you. You've got my Excuse point. Me. I am motivated in this position solely by what I deem to be for the best interests of the United States. Well, Congressman, you've well, we said have that to have before. Mr. Wexler, right. But on this point, let's, let's shift the discussion on this point. If we send an ambassador back to Madrid now, it will be the greatest single propaganda asset that we can give the Kremlin in the war of ideas <laughs> in Europe. That point has not been discussed here at all. Hey, we Wexler. must never let the people of Europe believe that the only choice in the world is between fascism and communism. And that's you, what we'll be saying to them. Would you let me state uh, what I think is a very fair statement of our position? And I am taking the liberty of quoting Mrs. Roosevelt from her column, as that's a public document. It seems to me what we really want is to convince Spain that the ways of freedom and democracy are synonymous. And therefore, we leave her free to choose her own way. Oh, no one that quarrel with that statement. That's a good and statement. when a free election is held in Spain, yeah. and the people of Spain are given a chance to throw Franco out, I think that that statement will be in context. Well, then I don't see its bearing on this issue. That. Our hope that a free election would establish a democratic form of government in Spain was not realized. Well, Senator, and therefore, we are taking another course, as we have apparently solidified the Franco regime by our actions. But I Senator, can say I that if we've solidified it, why is General Franco, why did General Franco try to get us to make this shift? If we've helped him, I don't understand why Franco wanted us it's, to return an Mr. ambassador. Mr. Wexler, it's perfectly understandable why any civilized country of the world would want normal relations with the United States. We're the great world power. You cannot blame that government. Why anyone in the United States, especially in the American Congress, would want to establish relations with Franco Spain and in that way lose the confidence of the rest of the people of the world. Now, can I say, Congressman, what are you asking Franco to do to make it possible for him to be a friendly partner of ours in the United Nations? We are not applying any such test as that. We are confining ourselves, at least I am, in my position as to what is best for the United States. And in my opinion, what is best for the United States is to maintain normal diplomatic relations with every friendly government regardless of its internal form. I ask what you mean by normal diplomatic relations? Would you suggest... An exchange of ambassadors. Now suppose we just let that go by. Just for a moment, because I'm asking the please... Oh, please to expose to the American people what you mean by it. It's the only question before us. I'm sorry this discussion has to end. I want to thank very much you who have taken part in it and our listeners who have been with us today, and I just want to ask them if they will send us, as they have been doing, suggestions for further discussion subjects. I hope they've all found this discussion enlightening. It has certainly been participated in by a great number of people here who all feel very strongly. I'm sorry that I cannot, as moderator, express, uh, express personal views. But fortunately, I have a column, and I can occasionally say <laughs> what I think on the column. <laughs> you have been one of the welcome guests 
on this, the third of Mrs. Roosevelt's Sunday afternoon teas. And you are cordially invited to join her again to hear a discussion next week of the question, Is the tax system in the United States unfair? Leaders with varying views will be Henry Morgenthau, Jr., the Connecticut industrialist Vivian Kellum, Roy Plough, Roy Blau, I should say, of the University of Chicago, Frank Pace, Director of the Budget of the United States, and Gloria Swanson. In our discussion today, the speakers were Assistant Secretary of State John D. Hickerson, who defined the American State Department official position concerning diplomatic representatives at Madrid, Senator Owen Brewster of Maine and Congressman Eugene Keogh of Brooklyn, who spoke for the State Department position, and James E. Carey, Executive Secretary of the CIO, and Herbert Wexler, editor of the New York Post, who were in opposition to the views of the senator and congressman. Next week, then, is the tax system in the United States unfair? This is Ben Grauer inviting you to join us again next week.